With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you're drinking a frozen beverage from McDonald's, your brain may not like how refreshingly cold it is. But the rest of your body? Oh, yes. It's going to relish every moment of it. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get all the chill you need for just $1.69. From any size frozen drink, like a frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry, to a new ice-cold lemonade. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. So, as the Bundesliga starts again, we also say Guten Tag to a brand new Team of the Season squad, and it is, very conveniently, the Bundesliga. So, we'll be discussing that, as well as plenty of La Liga players that we've used, uh, the Coutinho SBC, Bundesliga box-to-box dilemmas, the very wild foot market at the moment, why matching style to players is key, and some of my own tips for going from gold to elite. I'm your host, Ben, and you'll hear all that and more on this week's Foot Weekly podcast, brought to you by our supporters. Hello, and welcome to week 35 of the Foot Weekly podcast. And this week, I've got two guests, one particularly familiar, does follow the Bundesliga. It is Scaldi. Hello. Scaldi, how are you doing? I'm very good. How are you? Yeah, it's not been long, has it? We, well, a week ago, you are on the Icon pod. That's only recently out, so the listeners will be very familiar with those uh, Swedish tones. <laughs> exactly. So they're, they're well aware of the, the Swedish uh, <laughs> accent here. And uh, yeah, you do follow the Bundesliga a bit, don't you? You're, uh, well, you're a man of all football, really. Yeah, I love football. But then, you know, when Bundesliga is the only league that is on now, then of course it's it's pleasure. You know, we got to follow it. <laughs> exactly. And uh, do, you, do you have a team that you've been... Uh, following more closely than others, I've, I've always followed Dortmund quite ever since they had their success season you know it's been like that <laughs> kind of team that has been because I like the way they play the football and I like the way they produce the, the young talents but you know I'm always following you know the Swedish how the Swedish players are going and, and you know Bundesliga have some some like proper clubs where you know it's like where the supporters are the, the main yeah, core yeah. of the the yellow the wall exactly yeah. Exactly. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's a shame. I mean, you know, it's for a very good reason. Obviously, Japes has just had his son, as you heard last week, a live announcement on the pod. So uh, he couldn't make it this week, which is obviously a shame because we know how much he likes uh, the Bundesliga. But as you can imagine, a bit disappointed. Alaba didn't make the team. 
we'll, we'll hear from him, I'm sure, next week when he's back. But um, all the best to him, obviously. Uh, everything's going well. Just uh, particularly sleep deprived <laughs> and unable to make the early recording. But we do have someone with, uh, I think, as passionate support for a Bundesliga side on the pod this week. It is a streamer, trader, and a friend of the pod. Been on before, um, but returning again. Elite, how are you doing? I'm doing great. What's going on, guys? Uh, yes, I am also a Dortmund supporter. So you got two Dortmund fans on for this episode. Well, actually three, because uh, you agreed to come on the pod. You know, oh, yeah, because Dortmund, you agreed so. to that. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. And also, I mean, I'm, I'm one in one. I mean, Dortmund, 4-0 win on the weekend. Yeah, you, um, made a, you made the right choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Could have, like, glory hunted with Bayern, but... Uh, Went for the uh, still very good option of, of Dortmund. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Yeah, obviously great to have football back. And uh, it was it was quite an interesting weekend, Scotty, just before we get into the actual team of the season. And you were telling me before the pod started about this goalkeeper. What, what team was it that had to play because of the transfer, obviously, before uh, this went ahead this weekend? Oh, no. So what happened is with the Schalke 04, or Schalke 04, as you say in English, uh, the, basically, what happened is that their keeper Nobel he uh, he signed for Bayern Munich the same way as uh, as Manuel Neuer did back in the days. So basically, this led to that he got hated once again by his by the by the own fans because it's this is like a forbidden move to do. It's like you go to the worst rivals. Mm. Uh, and what happened as well is that in the game versus Mainz when they lost three 0 I think it was just before in in February. Uh, he made a huge mistake and, and conceded the ball between his legs and, and they conceded the third goal. Uh, so basically the situation was not like, yeah, it was uncontrollable so they couldn't have him in goal. So they had to use the reserve keeper and and that really showed in the game here in the weekend as well versus versus Dortmund. Yeah, I was going to say conceding four goals. I mean, some of them were pretty good and uh, Haaland getting another goal, which is interesting because, Sean, he was actually... Sorry, I say Sean. I should have introduced you also as Sean. Sean is Elite's yeah. name. <laughs> and uh, there was a bit of controversy around whether he should have been included in the team, right? I think, in this team of the season so far side. It especially depends. As, because you you got to give him a tart. Yeah, especially, you know, if, if the season had continued, you got to say... Almost certainly, because he's just banging goals. But I guess the, the Bruno Fernandez didn't get in, did he? And people were saying, "Oh, does that mean that potentially yeah. he, sh- he shouldn't have as well?" Yeah. So, like, I think probably both deserve to get in because Bruno Fernandez played great in the Portuguese league and then great in the Premier League. Mm. Uh, Haaland played great in the Austrian Bundesliga and then just came to Dortmund and continued that form. There's no way you can't give Haaland a team of the season. I think the debate is just. Mm-hmm. It just arises the f- given the fact that Bruno didn't get a tots. Mm. Uh, but he definitely deserves it. If with Liga Nosh coming out this week, or out as you're listening to this pod, Bruno Fernandes might get like a, an SBC card or something uh, during the Liga Nosh uh, team of the season. Seeing as that is where he played most of his games this season. Would be interesting. But anyway, uh, there's plenty to discuss uh, aside from real football, uh, because this Bundesliga team of the season looks really good. I think... One of the more interesting things to me, uh, you know, Alfonso Davies might be the best left back in the game this year, Scotty. Yeah, he looks really, really, really good, actually. I, I'm thinking about picking him up uh, because of the 99 pace and, you know, his his previous card, I think it was the, it must have been a uh, moments card, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And and that's been right. really, really good for a lot of people as well. So he, it's one of the cards that I was myself looking to pick up instead of linking him to, uh, to Boateng. Yeah, the Canadian link obviously slightly awkward in some ways, but at least it's you know Bayern have loads of options 
And, you know, with his four-star, four-star, the fact that he's 5'11", it puts him ahead of possibly Roberto Carlos. For sure. And, and I would say any day, because you, the way you can also link him with the triangle is if you get the flashback Boateng and at the same time you do maybe the Goretzka, you're going to have a, mm. an insane team, to be honest. Yeah. The only thing I would criticise maybe is he's got 80 reactions. Um, and that's something that I think is underrated in defenders. But apart from that, you know, he's he's pretty perfect as a left back and he's four star, four star, as I was saying. It looks a really good card. Is there anyone in there? I mean, obviously, maybe from a, a Dortmund perspective, Sean, that you like? I mean, I, I want the Jaden Sancho card, an absolute ton. Um, he fits my team well because I have Marcus Rashford already. I play him at striker instead of like on the left side. And then I play Jamie Vardy at cam and then switch him in game. So getting Rashford mm-hmm. striker, Jamie Vardy at cam, and then going down with the uh, weak links through England uh, to mm-hmm. Sancho, maybe getting the strong link to Hakimi at right back. Could be a way people fit him into the team. From a sort of, I guess, more competitive standpoint, Scott, he feels like he has a few like missing stats, if you know what I mean. He's not that strong, and I feel like we're reaching a time when players have got to be fast and strong a bit, at least. But, but I would say, actually, he looks very good to have on the wing because he has the, the five-star skills and the 99 pace. So if mm. you use him on the wing, he's going to be quite like perfect because of the stats. Uh, as well, 98 stamina, so he can work like throughout the game without getting terrorists. You don't have to sub him off. Yeah, uh, but you know, as I said, if you if you play on the wing, you know he got as well ninety eight balance, so he's not he's not gonna fall over easily if you if they push him on the wing. So, yeah, and he's a player who's actually not that small, even though he's not super strong. Like he's got seventy five strength, fifty five aggression, but he does have a build that's decent size. Like he's five eleven, he's he's seventy six kilos, so he's not like a complete pushover, even if his stats strength wise and aggression wise aren't amazing. Yeah, it's a decent card, I think. One mil for me seems quite a lot, but I mean, this team doesn't feel like super, super cheap, but some of the cards are pretty crazy. I mean, we've got to talk about that Lewandowski card. I mean, just, I mean, you put an engine on him and pretty much all his pace, passing, shooting and dribbling all maxed out. Uh, He's going to cost you like two, three mil though. So uh, he's not cheap. I wondered if any of you used any Bundesliga cards uh, across this weekend? I wasn't able to yet. Um, I was going to hopefully get him in my red picks. Uh, mm. In the meantime, I used Bernardo Silva, uh, my 91 Bernardo Silva in place of where I hoped to put Jaden Sancho. And then I've got the SBC Sergio Ramos 93, and I switch him with Eder Militao. So Eder Militao plays right back, Ramos plays center back, but hopefully replacing them with Sancho and Hakimi with my red picks if I get lucky enough. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that, you know, because if you're getting decent red picks, certainly for me, I end up not really tending to pick up too many of these players on the market just because it's quite fun to see who you get and try and fit them in. And in fact, we should probably mention that briefly, actually. So what happened this last week with the red picks is that uh, for Weekend League is that they basically released the red picks to people. And when you're getting gold two or above, your red picks will it always include a player from the big league that's team of the season at that time. So last week, you should have been getting at least one La Liga pick if you got gold two or above, as in one of those players in the pick was La Liga. Um, unfortunately, uh, yeah, it messed up. I say unfortunately, it was kind of fortunate in some circumstances. Basically, they didn't do that. So it meant that I, for example, opened my picks on Thursday morning and got Griezmann and some other La Liga players in each of my picks and was like, oh, 
nothing to see here. Didn't think anything of it. Then I saw that people weren't getting those La Liga players in their gold two plus picks. And basically EA stopped giving out the red picks. And then uh, I think it was maybe later in that day, they updated the picks to include the Liga players. But what it meant is that people who didn't open them before they stopped giving them out, obviously didn't get double picks and someone like myself did. So, uh, you know, I feel for anyone who didn't because it's obviously a big advantage getting that many more picks, especially from the same league. Um, getting both Diego Carlos and Griezmann was really useful. Diego Carlos is quite an interesting one. Has anyone used him? Um, yes. So far? Yeah, yeah what, what did you him. think? I think he's quite good. It works well if you have the setup like uh, with Sergio Ramos at right back because I have uh, a very different type of fullback at left back which is Andrew Robertson which I think is one of the cards that might compete with the Alfonso Davies for best left Mm. back in the game and uh, so I have Robertson getting forward a lot and then Sergio Ramos stay back while attacking so if you do end up having Robertson forward uh, you have that you have that um, Diego Carlos there who can really Mm. play out wide or in the middle and if you only have three back uh, having the Carlos on the left side and Eder Militao on the right side with Sergio Ramos right in the middle. It actually still works pretty well defensively, even if you only have three back while, you know, Andrew Robertson is hustling uh, to get nice, back. Nice, yeah. I think that's always a good idea. I think overloading on one side does work quite well. Um, I was going to say, actually, have you got the 90 Militao? I, I do, yeah. Hmm. I did the uh, SPC. How does he compare to Diego Carlos? Because I guess people will be wondering that. They're very, very similar, I think. Um hmm. There's a little bit more balance on Militao. So if you want to play one at fullback, I would go with Militao. But other than that, yeah, very similar cards. Yeah, I think Diego Carlos has a weird kind of thing where he's actually very big, very agile and quite strong. So he is, you know, very good. And I was using him alongside Van Dijk uh, in the weekend league. I actually completely forgot to mention on the last pod that I actually got Van Dijk in one of the Premier League rare upgrade packs which is just ridiculous so i'm so jammy it was my second pack of those packs as well and uh he's he's obviously been really good but actually diego class is he's really still really really good the only thing is right I, I was trying to work this out like what makes him not as good as van dyke and i think it is just the physical presence but the one thing i would say in favor of him maybe over van dyke is that he does have that much better acceleration and that can mean you can dig yourself out of a couple of situations. Maybe someone does somehow manage to get around Van Dijk and, and Carlos can come in and clear it up. But he doesn't feel quite as solid in the tackle. But I have to say, like he does still feel like one of the better centre-backs I've used this year. And I was comparing him to, say, the Sergio Ramos right-back card that was moving into centre-back, the moments version. And they're pretty similar. I'd say Carlos is better. And that card was really good. Um, and I think the other thing to say about Diego Carlos, a lot of people I've seen, you know, putting anchor on him because he's obviously got 90 pace. You think, oh, yeah, stick anchor on him. Uh, that'll do a nice job on his pace, defending and physical. Uh, or they'll put engine on him, for example. But if you look, he actually only has, I say only, he has 87 interceptions. So if you boost that with something like an anchor, you're only going to get plus five. So he's not into the high 90s for interceptions. And he's also not got the highest sprint speed at, uh, I think it's 88. So Again, he's someone I'd really recommend just putting Shadow on because I think now it is really crucial that you have max pace defenders. The pace in the game, just every card has ridiculous pace. So if your defender is slightly behind that, it can, can make quite a big difference, I'd say. Actually, I know we're talking about La Liga now, but it's probably one of those things with the Bundesliga team where we end up trying cards across the course of this week um, as we get them in red picks and they get a bit cheaper and things. 
Scotty, is there anyone you wanted to sort of give a mention um, in the Bundesliga team or the Liga player? Actually, there is one, which is makes me really sad that they messed up his work rates. Mm. I think you probably know who I'm talking about, but yeah, Joshua yeah, yeah. Kimmich. If they just would have mm. given him medium high or or high medium or whatever you, way you turn it, so they doesn't have low defensive work rates, which I do not understand why, then he would have been the perfect CDM and like central midfielder. He would have been so good. Yeah, I totally agree, and I think that's something that Japes was saying. Uh, on Twitter actually you know it seems crazy when someone has been working hard both directions all season that that isn't reflected in their work rate it just seems a bit weird especially as he got that card didn't he which did have changed work rates so I think it was a was it flashback or yeah, I think um, it was also a, a moments card in 91 which is yeah which is like it. a really good card and then you know you should have just given him the exact same card but just team of the season and it would have been so much better because his stats looks unreal and and you know even though he's like just five foot nine he is and like he can it would just feel so good on the ball yeah I totally agree and in terms of other players in here Hakimi looks really good um there aren't that many amazing right backs this year but uh, he does have a low defensive work rate Upon I was looking at, but again, there's there's just a few problems with a couple of the cheaper cards here. Like he doesn't have the best reactions, but I mean he's a tank. He's really strong, really agile, looks really good, and it's got a perfect link to that Michaeli card who, who came out in the community tops. Again at the top end, Royce as well looks amazing, and and a couple of others. So let's um, circle back briefly to La Liga then. Sean, do you have any other players that you used in your team which were La Liga players? I did use Frankie De Jong. Uh, I got him in one of the 82 plus packs. So slapped him at, at CDM on eight chemistry. And I think he's, he's the best midfielder I've used all year. His four star, four star. And then he's also got just all around great stats. Maybe still a little slow. He's got under 90 pace. So mm. keeping up with players like De Bruyne in the midfield is still tough but I guess that's supposed to be tough I mean it's De Bruyne he's 99 <laughs> rated uh, nonetheless I think he, he's really solid and uh, I was pretty happy with him yeah and it's interesting so I got Griezmann in my red picks and um, I was I was obviously happy to get him but he's always been a player that I've just not gone with I mean obviously you know three star weak foot kind of limits him somewhat four star skills is all right but he's just very one-footed I've always found he kind of is awkward because he's got a high defensive work rate. But I actually found he was really good for me. Like, I think he's testament to the fact that if your stats are good enough, you don't necessarily need the three-star weak foot. And he's got the shooting traits as well, which, of course, help in terms of using that left foot more effectively. And it felt like even if I was seemingly slightly on his, his right foot or it wasn't the best position to shoot on his left, he tended to finish it. And actually, you know, you look at him with Hawk. I mean, he's just maxed out on most, almost all of the important stats. Um, and this was on the seventh chem as well. So um, it was a weird one because, you know, I guess I had low expectations. So maybe if you went into it now thinking he's going to be amazing, maybe he wouldn't be. But he really was important for me. And then I got the team of the year, Benzema, connected through Griezmann into my team. Um, so it made sense to pick him up. And he was relatively cheap, around 700k, I think he is. And you look at his stats with Engine again, just he's basically maxed out. I think it's only his aggression, which isn't there. It's, it's unbelievable like how good his stats are. And I really feel like, and this is something we might discuss in the gameplay section, you know, strong players, if they have high pace and have the other kind of attributes to go with it, are really coming into their own now as we get faster and faster defenders. He was really exceptional. It just feels like he's got that kind of really good balance for his size and finished everything on both feet. So him and Griezmann basically got me to my first elite finish during 
a team of the season, which was really good. And I've got elite finishes before, but um, that was a, a first for me. So I think, I mean, we've done a really good job on both reviews of La Liga there and uh, team of the season Bundesliga as well, I think. But interesting in terms of the selection of SBCs we've had, especially because we got a Swede, didn't we, uh, Skoli? Exactly. Robin Quaison from, uh, he's not from my uh, my team in Sweden, but it's been a, he's been a strong player throughout the year and, and it's a well-deserved actually. He should have probably been in the team of the season actually and 150k feels like a lot though for well two reasons right <laughs> it's a big robber because he's, he's only three star three star yeah uh, so that's like the biggest robbery and you know he's, he's gonna be very hard to link as well if you don't have a full bundesliga team so yeah yeah it's a bit of a shame and i think if you've been on the market elite he would have been way cheaper than that surely um it's it's tough to tell because like his face stats look yeah, great that's true, that's if you, true, if yeah. you don't look into the in-game stats his weak foot his skill moves they look unbelievable on paper i think it's once you you dive deep into it that's when you start realizing maybe not too worth it but 150k is not ridiculous i think he would have been a little bit cheaper on the market but not by an absolute ton mm, um, okay. because if you like compare him to like Nider Lechner, he's a lot better than Nider Lechner, mm. who's like a little bit over 50,000 coins. So given the fact that he's so much better than another card that is, I guess, above discard for a Tots, he, he'd hold value, but it wouldn't just, it just wouldn't be, it's not a ridiculous card. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. That's a good point. And then uh, the other player I wanted to ask you about in terms of value, Philippe Coutinho. I mean, he's out for the year, which is nice, of course, or, or he doesn't expire, basically. And it is a team of the season so far card, you know, he's got the the team of the season so far stats. Um, but what do you make of that? I think it's about 550k ish. Uh, yeah, in the 500k range. And an uh, interesting choice, similar to that uh, Griezmann Tots. Uh, it seems to be a card every team of the season that finds his way into team of the season that nobody expected. Uh, mm. Just because, you know, he's got a, a big name, you know, not because yeah. he had a good season. And I think that's, that's Coutinho's the one for Bundesliga. Uh, his pace is like average because he's got great acceleration but his sprint speed is actually only in the mid 80s um, right. and then his strength is even lower than Jaden Sanchez and you were mentioning how much strength can matter at this point in the game mm. his shooting only 86 finishing so if you take a look at like the individual stats where they matter some are some are kind of average so I think 550k for an untradeable Coutinho unless he fits directly into your squad like he's the missing link to get all your other players in, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't build mm-hmm. around him, I guess is what I would say. I wouldn't build around Coutinho. He's not that value. If he f- if he links up everything else, though, maybe worth it. I think that's a good sort of breakdown of him. I think the people I've seen kind of looking to do him have been people who you know see him as a, a useful piece of the chemistry puzzle, really, because I think he is quite pricey and there's so many options out there. But if you've got high-rated untradeables and the fact he doesn't expire, I think you could see quite a few people like, ending up doing him. And for whatever reason, he is a good card. Just that composure for me worries me. 82. I'd be interested to know if anyone has used him, whether they, they noticed that. The SBCs, they're interesting ones. And then we also had two objective players. Dilrasson, who has two-star weak foot, so you know he's not too bad in terms of the objectives to get, but probably really just fodder to be honest it's going to be awkward with that weak foot um Sabitzer looks good though I mean uh, I hear a lot of people enjoyed his scream card um when that was kind of better I guess a number of months ago but he certainly you know three star skills four star weak foot high high work rates five for ten uh, really well-rounded stats excellent long shots could be someone that you know if he fits into your team is, is worth getting you want to link him up but yeah I think we're probably ready to move on to some questions about content and Pobius asking 
about a good box-to-box Bundesliga player. He's thinking Kimmich's work rates aren't so good, as we just mentioned, um, and he's wondering what the best option is. I actually wondered whether it might be Scaldi the SBC Goretzka, which is still out, I believe. Indeed, it's that that is one that it won't, uh, won't expire. It's not a team of the season, but it's uh, it's a card I've been using very frequently over the past three weekend leagues, I believe it is, or two. Mm. And and he's really really solid. He's got stats in in high ninety or high eighties, basically, and mm. and he does like the job. I, I think, as I said, if Kimish would have had better work rates, he would have been the the choice to go for if you wanted a team of season. Uh, but the Goretzka like uh, card, what is it? Moments card. It, it's really good because it, I believe it has high high work rates. If I'm not mistaken, let's see. Uh, medium high. So as I said, he will work fine as a box to box midfielder. Yeah, you, you want probably more a holding player with him, but he certainly got the the stats to to be all round, which is really good. And, and Japes is is a big fan of that card. Actually, he was saying uh, the other week. I, it is a tricky one, isn't it? Uh, Sean, because there aren't obvious options apart from Kimmich and his uh, not-so-good work, right? Right, and I actually played against Kimmich a decent bit this weekend, and he played so much like a center forward when (laughs) he was on the other teams. And he was scoring goals against me, don't get me wrong. He was good, but defensively, he just wasn't an option. So uh, there's not much else to go with. Obviously, the Thiago uh, from Bayern that came out uh, during Community Tots, I believe it was. He's decent and he's cheap. Five star skills, but just the defensive stats again, like not really there. So mm. I think I agree. Uh, probably Goretzka is the way to go. Yeah, no, I think I think you're both um, bang on there. I think Goretzka is the the man for your box to box Bundesliga midfield needs, unless we get any sort of surprise SBCs coming up. Right, let's move on to another question. Then Shane asking, he's never played FIFA post team of season before, um, but thinks he probably will be this year. He's wondering, what's the market like? Does team of the season players go up? Are we going to have another crash when footies comes along? I guess, are they going to rise significantly after, um, you know, these all come out of packs? Um, Sean? Uh, Right. So, like, short term, every week, these cards seem to rise out of packs. But looking after team of the season's completely over and we move into the end of the game, it's changed year year by year, but most of the time what happens is the cards get a lot more rare on the market and they actually do rise. Uh, sometimes people will sell off their cards towards the very end and just spend all their coins on packs, which actually causes the, the cards to drop in price for a short bit of time. It seems to be a trend. It only lasts like a week or two. Uh, you'll you'll notice everybody just starts opening packs with coins towards the end of the year and the prices are low but even after like the game is over and the next fifa comes out the cards actually are just super rare on the market so even if the demand isn't really there anymore the supply also isn't so it it causes the cards to actually stay up pretty high in price the icons will rise they should probably already be going up because uh people get these weird nation tots that have ridiculous stats and they want to link them up somehow so icons especially the good ones i'm not talking nakata i'm talking the holitz the the roberto carlos the ronaldo's those cards are, are are on the up yeah nice the question that follows on from that actually Savarokan saying, do you see a rise in icon prices coming soon due to everyone trying to link in their red picks from team of season? Or do you think it's true about there being some sort of icon SBC dropping? So yeah, you're going to give everyone a chance to link in those red picks through something like that. Um, I would say, yeah, there's been a 
rumours floating around that there might be something involving icons coming up and nobody seems to have any clarity on exactly what that is. But what are your thoughts, Sean, on what we might see, where things might go? I guess by the time the pod's out, potentially people will know. But yeah, what what are your thoughts? Because they were quite clear about there not being sort of icon SBCs. Yeah, so that's kind of what I'm basing it on. They announced at the beginning of the year that icons would not be needed for any SBCs. They didn't mm. specifically say that there wouldn't be an icon SBC, as long as the icons aren't needed for that squad building challenge. But it just wouldn't make sense at all at this point not to require them. I mean, there's icons getting under 100,000 coins. There's icons that are literally going to be, if you pack them, you can't sell them because they don't go for above their discard price. And that would be quite a disappointing first icon to ever pack. So if that ends up happening and these cards just are literally getting discarded when they're packed, um, I feel like EA've probably got to do something. We've seen the leakers on Twitter start announcing there might be icon team of this, uh, or icon SBCs coming. But at this point, like I can't confirm or deny anything. I don't know, honestly. It's it's yeah. tough to call. The pitch note did seem pretty certain that we wouldn't be getting like individual icon SBCs as such. And they were definitely clear about not submitting icons into SBCs. I know they went back on icon moments last year, didn't they? There, there was a, a U-turn from EA on that. So we could see something like that. I guess, you know, if you want to be safe and prices haven't really dropped of icons, you could sell yours if you aren't using them well i mean you're probably using the money if you got an icon but if, if you're not necessarily needing that player then you know why not protect yourself against the risk and sell but i mean we'll, we'll wait and see I, I certainly think that some icons are a bit high and as you were saying some are way too low and this would give some balancing i guess of that um because you know someone like moments ronaldinho for example I've got quite a lot of coins this year and he's like one of my favorite players. I was really looking forward to getting him, but I won't be able to afford him. So I'm actually a fan of icon swaps, uh, as people will know. I think it's a good thing that they added into the game. But in terms of making icons like that obtainable, it obviously hasn't really done that. So it'll be interesting to see what comes. Let's wait and see on that, I guess. In terms of the market, how do you feel things are going to go are there any kind of overall patterns which people might want to be aware of that you're seeing? Yeah, the ones, the the pattern that we're seeing with Team of the Season is um, for the newest batch, which is Bundesliga. Um, you see them pretty high right when they're released on Friday. They drop a little bit and then they go back up for people buying them on weekend league. They're high on Saturday, Sunday, and then a Monday or late Sunday, Monday, they drop. Uh, you can pick them up mm-hmm. between that Monday, Tuesday, even early Wednesday, and then they go back up towards the end of the week uh, when the new TOS is released. So we'll see either the French League or Serie A on Friday. I think it'll probably be the French League. Uh, I don't know if you have any information on that yet, but uh, um, mm. we should see that on, on Friday, and the Bundesliga cards will go up uh, quite a bit. So we're seeing Jaden Sancho at about a million coins right now. I could easily see him go up to 1.2, even 1.3, very similar to the Richarlison price that we saw during Mm. EPL. Uh, He followed the exact same kind of price range that Sancho has been following. So he's going to rise back up, and the Bundesliga cards will will stay up um, until, I think, we get the... Uh, tots that's the ultimate team of the season the big ones yeah they're gonna come back down a little bit 
because of that ultimate team of the season. So especially as we get closer and closer to that, people will start being like, oh, well, my Messi might start dropping soon because of this ultimate toss. Well, we will see a dip on the big cards, uh, but any cards that aren't guaranteed to get into like the, or have no chance of getting into the ultimate tots, they'll they'll be fine. Uh, they'll just rise and stay up there. But any card that has a chance of getting into the ultimate tots could start dropping here in maybe a week or two. And that's really good. And one thing that I wanted to just mention to people uh, you might want to be looking at is I noticed some of the team of the season players that are basically like fodder, so they don't have any uh, kind of value gameplay wise generally mm-hmm. um, do drop pretty low, sometimes below the price of their sort of equivalent of the same rating. So say, let's take someone like a PK. Uh, he's like, I don't know, 34K, let's say. Um, you find someone like team of the season, Erkin, uh, the Super League player, and he's like actually dropped below the price of PK despite being the same uh, price, mm-hmm. same rating, and obviously Erkin is a team of the season. Uh, I guess that's something quite simple. People, if they want to make a few coins on the side, can can kind of do if they spot that discrepancy. Yeah, I mean, if you look at eighty-eight and eighty-nine rated players right now, the cheapest of each rating is a team of the season. Cisse uh, at eighty-eight rated is the cheapest eighty-eight in in the game mm-hmm. muslera is the cheapest 89 in the game they're not having any more value than their counterparts that aren't team of the season currently until a team of the season sbc is is released that like really requires a lot of tots uh for, for mm. now like i don't think people are really needing these guys with their team of the season value because if there's a team of the season SPC that's dropped every week, there's that guarantee. You've already got an untradeable team of the season. You know, people will just use that. Yeah, yeah. Everybody has an untradeable one. Uh, so they haven't had to go out and buy one yet. But if mm. there is an ultimate TOTS uh, guaranteed team of the season, there's going to be some TOTS required in there. Maybe five, you know, something like that. Uh, so if there's a guaranteed ultimate TOTS, which will be in a few weeks, uh, that could be a good investment. Maybe picking up some of the team of the seasons of the, that are the cheapest of their rating. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really good advice. And I, I guess just the thing is don't lock away too many coins. You want to have fun. So mm-hmm. um, just be aware of that. But yeah, fantastic. Well, let's take a break and we'll be back in just a moment. So before I do my usual notices, you might have spotted that the first half was a bit longer and the second half is going to be a bit shorter than usual. Don't worry, plenty of gameplay action in that extra time podcast coming out within 24 hours of the release of this pod. As always, the other thing you might have spotted is that 12,000 FIFA point giveaway. Yes, there's a post out over on the Patreon and you can join there. It's just $3 to support the pod and get all the bonus podcast content, including that extra time pod. You can do all that over at bit.ly slash pointsmay20, bit.ly slash pointsmay20. But actually, one other thing I wanted to mention in this break is that the smaller team of the season so far squad often has a few gems in there, but because of when it comes out, it doesn't coincide very well with the pod. But when I'm going through the pod, it actually is already out. So I wanted to mention one player that stands out to me in this squad. Obviously, Tellers is amazing. It looks really good. He'll be a great player, but the one that I'm really interested in is actually Gabriel. He's got a strong link to Tellers, but also to Pizzi, Rafa, Tarat, Ruben Diaz, Octavio, and Grimaldo, all also team of the season so far players, and obviously he's Brazilian as well. Now, I know what you're going to say. You're picking him out because he's got a stocky body type. Yeah, that is a fact, but it's not just that, actually. It is a fact also that he has five-star weak foot. 
but I'll circle back around to that in just a moment because I just wanted to point out how ridiculous some of his stats are. 92 jumping, 95 stamina, 93 strength, 99 aggression, 96 interceptions, 96 ball control, 95 dribbling, 97 composure, 92 short passing, 97 long passing, 99 shot power, 95 long shots and into the 90s on acceleration in fact I think 98 with shadow. 86 sprint speed is perhaps one of the downsides. In my view, you're going to have to put a shadow on him, which limits what you can do to the problem area for him, which is agility and balance, which are you know, high 70s. It's not amazing at this point, but because of that five-star weak foot, you're not going to need to do so much maneuvering to get the pass off, and obviously his other stats are going to be able to compensate. So the fact that he's got high defensive work rate, medium attacking, and he's six foot two, I think makes him one of the better cards in this squad and someone that I'd be really keen to try but also to hear from any of you that have given him a go so do let me know if you've used him for now though let's jump into the second half El drama de los impuestos ya empezó. Ya no, porque Boost Mobile te da gratis un Samsung Galaxy A23 5G cuando te cambias y con el poder de las redes 5G más grandes del país. No más drama. ¿Qué será de mí? Cámbiate a Boost y llévate un Samsung Galaxy A23 5G gratis. Oferta por tiempo limitado, solo nuevos clientes, disponible en ciertas redes. El servicio 5G no está disponible en todas partes. Un dispositivo por línea excluye impuestos, aplican restricciones adicionales. Visita una tienda para detalles. Hello and welcome back after the break. Sean, your first foot weekly break in a long time. How that was, was that for you? Greatest break I've ever had. Unreal. High praise. As always, we'll move on swiftly because it's important we don't reveal what goes on. So, Sean, gameplay, you know, you are uh, an expert in the world of content trading, but you do play a bit. You know, what kind of finishes do you get in weekend league? And, and I am a pretty average player. I think that if I put more effort into gameplay, I could maybe reach Elite 3, but I'm definitely not there yet. I finished Gold 2 mostly, Gold 1 on a good weekend, and I really don't play too many weekend leagues per year, only when it's uh, mm. really good rewards like Team of the Season. So I've played every weekend of Team of the Season, but before that, maybe only like four or five times all throughout the year. That's interesting. And have you found because you've played it a couple of weeks in succession that you've improved or you feel like you're picking stuff up that you would have missed out on, I guess? From yeah, a little bit, but not as rewarding as, I guess, grinding other games. Um, but FIFA, like, you, you definitely pick things up where uh, you just start recognizing the meta because I try to play FIFA pretty similarly to how I would expect, you know, Pep Guardiola to try to play in real life. And it just doesn't work the same way in FIFA. You gotta bring the center defensive mids back. You have to chase from behind instead of actually controlling your defenders, which is a little annoying, uh, but you do get used to it. You gotta understand it's a game. It's not going to be perfect. Um, so that's kind of what I've picked on is a little bit of the meta I've gotten better at. Yeah, there's always, there's a meta every year, isn't there? And right. Japes on the pod has often said that, you know, this year you can play more styles maybe than you have been able to in previous FIFAs, which which might be true. But I still think there are very much things that, uh, if you do them, will instantly improve your <laughs> chances of winning. But yeah, let's go on, get on to a couple of questions. And this is something that you've kind of started us off talking about, actually. And Cordis Hawk says, how do you decide on what style and formation you want to play? Right now, I'm in a bit of a crisis. Nothing is working and I don't know where to start to get me grounded again. I think this is something that, you know, people 
face every so often. And I, I think happens to me multiple times each year where I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm not like getting things right, I don't feel, but I'm also not enjoying my FIFA. Probably the two things are normally connected. Scotty, you're obviously playing very competitively. So in some ways, I guess for you, the answer is simple because you just do what it takes to win. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the question is, if you feel like <clears throat> you're getting into a crisis and you feel like uh, that you don't know what's going on, just go back to the basics. Play mm-hmm. the simple game, you know, don't do this kind of advanced stuff, you know, just keep the ball, play the ball patiently and then eventually start building up. It's like, do I want to be more of a possession player? Do I want to be more of a defensive guy? Is it like, am I better at conceding less goals or am I better at scoring more goals or am I better at holding the ball? You know, you just got to start thinking it's like, where where is like my kind of style best suited? Mm. And then just take it from there and, and keep it simple. And one thing I'd say, and I think this is something that I've been realizing over the last couple of weeks, or I say realizing, I probably realized before, just just <laughs> didn't implement it, is that it's really important to, when you're planning, say, formations, tactics, um, how you're going to play, two things. One, like, are the players I have going to work? If I'm using untradables, are they actually going to be able to play the formation and style that I want them to play? I think that is really important. Because I was using David Luiz shapeshifters for quite a while, and for ages, I was thinking, oh, I should probably move him back to centre-back because he's a good midfielder, but he's not really, you know, that amazing on the ball. He is really good, but he's just not that mobile. He's a big unit and he doesn't have the best stamina. And what I realised was I was not really playing the optimal way from the way that I like to play because I had him in the team. He was such a valuable player to have packed untradeable that I was forcing him in. Um, So for two or three, well, a month or two, I've been using him when actually I couldn't swap him to centre-back. So he was just decent in the midfield, but not really adding what I wanted to add to that midfield. And so this weekend, because I got decent, some decent red picks, it was time to to move him out. Partly I was sort of semi-forced by the players I wanted to get in. And if that hadn't happened, then maybe I wouldn't have realised that he was kind of holding me back. But Basically, I, I took him out and it meant that my midfield was Essien and team of the season so far, Henderson. And the 90 Essien and Henderson are both really good box-to-box players. Uh, Essien's maybe not as well-rounded, but they both can chase back really effectively and can change direction very fast, can actually beat players. And I just found them to be a real revelation, actually, in the 4-4-2. And although before I was saying about how important Benzema are and and Griezmann were, I think actually having that change in midfield is probably just as important. I mean, the 4-4-2 really demands two midfielders who can work in both directions, be a really consistent pivot and not get caught on the turn. And I think with Luis, I was basically finding he was amazing defensively, but I wasn't really able to use him to pivot as well as I wanted to. And I think it is important to look at the players you have and think, if I'm going to play the style in this formation... Like I need to make sure I actually have the players. And if I'm going to force in untradeable players, like maybe I'm better off picking off a player off the market, considering how cheap they are, a lot of these really good team of the season players, maybe I'm better off picking out um, these two players even for not too expensive and replacing that really valuable tradable player, right? Does, does that make sense, Scott? Is, is that uh, I completely that? agree with you because as I said, you cannot have, if you're, for example, playing the 4-4-2, you cannot have a player that doesn't suit your play style nor the formation. Because for me, example, whenever I pick my formations, normally, because I always play the 4-2-3-1, for example, I need to have two CDMs that is good with the ball. If they're not good with the ball and I cannot play the ball into them in four situations where I can expect them to turn and take a good touch, 
Mm. then you know I'm going to have a really, really bad time because then I'm going to lose the ball in, in stupid positions, for example, because if I have a, let's say, a David Luiz in midfield who takes a heavy touch every time I play the ball into him when he's pressured. So, you know, mm. that's that's a big issue for me if I don't have players who's comfortable with the ball. So, you know, as I said, it's, it's important to choose the players after your play style and the formation you go instead of do the opposite way where you select the formation and basically reverse what you said <laughs> yeah yeah exactly no i, I think that's true uh, actually sean what formation are you playing? um i was running i've changed it a lot but i'm go- i'm back to 442 and i have mm. one of my cdms stay back while attacking um which is kovacic uh, who i got in my red pick from premier league and then i have one of my cd or i guess center mids but i play him like a cdm mm. and then i have one of the center mids box to box which is frankie de Jong. And uh, four four two is working okay, but uh, I was using four triple two. I used four two three one, and I've just been going back and forth trying to decide which one's the best for me. It's really interesting. So as I was saying, I would talk a bit about the things that I feel have set me up to you know get an elite finish because I mean I I could have got definitely got one over the last two weeks, but just was really feeling quite disillusioned with the way that my team was playing and the way that I was playing. And I actually feel like Scoldy, we obviously recorded that icon pod, didn't we, last week, where we talked a lot about complacency and not just complacency, but also like how to approach it mindset wise. And, and the key thing you said, which actually quite a lot of people have mentioned um, in the patron discord and, and various other places that I've seen that that advice around slowing down, taking time is really something that makes a huge difference. And I kind of took my own advice which I so often failed to do <laughs> to be honest and and the advice that the icons gave and the advice that you've been giving and, and sort of really thought well I've been playing 442 over the last kind of week or two but maybe haven't focused in on what I'm actually doing to make the formation work really effectively and so by taking out Louise working on what I call kind of like my pivot play almost. So using the CMs to pivot the ball across the pitch and move it side to side to get better possession in games. Because I think the big thing which you pointed out is, you know, how effective possession play is this year, actually. And it's something that Japes has been saying as well. And I think I was kind of thinking, oh, like I'm keeping possession, but uh, I wasn't really doing anything in a way that troubled my opponent. And I think playing that 4-4-2 allowed me to to keep possession higher up the pitch because the way the the players spread out across the pitch really keeps the uh, circulation of the ball very easy and kind of free-flowing. And actually what I found was that I'm not the best defender, but because I was keeping the ball up the pitch, I conceded less goals, right? Yeah, but... It, <laughs> Unsurprisingly. It, it, <laughs> and that made such a big difference. Um, and and I, I think getting that finish really was a huge part to do with that composure, keeping the ball, playing it calmly. And the fact that the 4-4-2 was enabling me to do that. I still was switching into the 3-1-4-2 that we've discussed more recently and uh, the 3-4-2-1 against narrow formations. And I have to say that 3-1-4-2 against players who are maybe are playing the 4-2-3-1 and are very good players, I found a very good uh, formation for changing the game but also I think a huge part of it was just backing myself and not getting too concerned if I conceded the old goal or maybe if I felt like I wasn't playing my best and was in danger of losing taking a break coming back to it 
renewed and, and just kind of having that focus. And it's something that we discussed over the last two weeks. And I think from the sounds of it, a lot of people who've been listening have, have taken that away as well. So hopefully that's helpful for all of you. And I, I think it's one of those things, isn't it, Sean? You're someone who streams the game. And I was, I mean, quite interested because Jape certainly says this as well when he's on the pod or, or sometimes off mic when we're chatting about his streaming. It does put a lot of pressure. And, and Scaldi, I know you stream as well. It does put a lot of pressure on you streaming the game. Do you, ever, do you ever kind of feel the pressure, I suppose, like many people do, even when they're not streaming, to be trying to go for the jugular and attack? No, I honestly, what actually I feel more is that it actually bores me if I don't do it myself. That's, that's the biggest problem I have is that if I'm going to sit for 30 or 60 games and just play possession-based like I would do in, in an FCC qualifier, for example, I would mm. never be able to may, manage to get through 60 games or a weekend like I usually do now. Because I just find it, you know, it's like, of course, if I face the occasional odd good player that I sometimes do, then of course I might slow the tempo down. But to sit and do that for myself in, in 30 games, it's, you know, I'm, I'm not going to manage to do that, unfortunately. So I never feel it's because of the entertainment, but in, in some way, you know, I think it's more fun as well to watch somebody who's more attacking than, than to somebody who's just sitting around playing the defense or possession based. Mm-hmm. Mm, indeed and, and we're going to talk more about gameplay all that kind of stuff got some really interesting questions around player switching we're going to talk a little bit more about content as well in this week's supporter exclusive extra time podcast made possible by all those supporters uh, plenty of stuff which doesn't make it into this main pod for now though until then we'll say goodbye to all the listeners and to both of you but not before i've reminded you all about that twelve thousand fifa point supporter giveaway If you're not a supporter and you've been considering it, then a great time to sign up indeed. You can do that over at bit.ly slash pointsmay20. So that's bit.ly slash pointsmay20. So then, Scaldi, talking of perks for supporters, of course, they can get a discount on that coaching as well if they're gold or above. And I think you're saying you've had a few already so far, which is great. A huge thanks for bringing your wisdom today, as always. More in that extra time pod. Um, But for now, thanks very much. Thank you so much for having me in the podcast. It's always a pleasure coming on here. And as I said, as you said, I've been a few people from the Patreon who have had some coaching session. And uh, from what I've heard from them, it seems like there have been some very positive feedback as well. So that's something I'm very glad for. And uh, yeah, of course, if people want to sort out a session, it's at Scoldy with two E's on Twitter. And uh, if they want that discount, probably easiest to do that via Discord. Go to the general tips section of it. Perfect. Uh, thanks again. And to... Sean, Ali, a huge, huge pleasure to have you on the podcast once again. Thank you very much. Of course, man. Yeah, it's always fun coming on. Yeah. Really appreciate the opportunity to uh, talk about trading. I'm always down yeah. for that. And well, uh, yeah, yeah, and I was going to say, you know, people listening may not have um, come across you if they haven't. They're missing out. So, where can people find you uh, on Twitter and Twitch? Uh, on Twitter, it's just at Elite FIFA E L Y Y T fifa and then uh same on twitch but just without the word fifa it's just e-l-y-y-t elite that's that's where you can find me i believe you know yeah you end up streaming fairly late in the uk but uh and with people's schedules at the moment i'm sure uh even the uk listeners will probably stop by and, uh, yeah, and yeah uk out. even if i stream at the at the weird times for uk they seem to be my pretty dominant uh, demographic anyway <laughs> fantastic right huge thanks as always to all of you listeners for listening to this podcast and of course all you supporters for keeping the pod going and those icon patrons dave b alan g hunter b thomas alistair martin m chris w matt l anthony r 
DJ FIFA player, David S, Hugh J, Robbie S, Tom B, Paul S, Yannick H, Stephen F, Andrew L M, Nick Jack M, Christopher R, Damon H, Tenacious C, Jonathan P, David H, Harry P, Paul, Dominic, Rob P, Michael, Adam W, Pobius, Jeff B, Andrew T, Lee A, Jordan W, Rich T, Mohammed, Roger D, Dan W, Jason B D, Matt H, Alexander H, Dean M, Sam B, Alan M, Savage P, at pace of a tortoise, and Sam M G. A huge thanks again for your support and making this podcast possible. I'll catch you on the next one. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.